Welcome all to another episode of All Things Adventures in Odyssey. I'm your host, Clint Brahms, and today we'll be talking about episode 981, Making an Honest Buck, part 2. And unfortunately, the audio quality is yet again not the best. I don't like that it's that way. This is unfortunately just the way that it has to be. With my schedule, sometimes it's an opportunity opens for me to record an episode that I've been wanting to. Normally, it's been about a week. Yeah, it's been a week since this episode even came out. I've wanted to talk about it ever since. This is really my first good chance to. So I'm here recording it, but the uh, negative to that is that the audio quality is not going to be uh, as flawless as it normally is. And I do apologize for that profusely, but hopefully it doesn't take away too much from the episode at hand, which was, okay, part two. Yeah, I, I talked about how much I liked part one, and it was great. And part two was awesome as well. This was just a really fun, a really fun story. In all very, and I think I said last time, solid, tightly plotted, pretty good all around. There, I mean, there's a few stretches here and there, definitely, but overall I liked it a lot. It reminded me, now I mentioned last time about uh, Accidental Dilemma, No Way In, No Way Out, some other two-parters that I felt were kind of similar. This is also similar to uh, Nightmares by Constance back in album 67, which I like that two-parter. It's similar in that, um, you know, there are stretches here and there. It's like, oh, would that have happened? Maybe not, but... Um, I actually I like this better than Nightmares by Constance, but um, yeah, it did remind me of that. In fact, album sixty-seven is probably my probably my favorite of that sixty to sixty-nine kind of era. Very likely my favorite. Okay, so we're talking about the episode itself, and um, just number one, the music. Uh, in part one, two, there was, yeah, there was a lot of great music in part one. But here in part two, there were several uh, parts that were just like, oh yeah, I love the music in this a lot. That's uh, something I pay special attention to because I try my hand at music composing too. And so just to kind of hear what's going on, I just really, I really, really enjoy it. I did tentatively make the prediction last time. I, I don't even think I predicted it. But I said if they wanted to do a twist in this part two, that they would have the mother end up being the villain, and that is what happened. The reason I was so tentative about it was just, I didn't know how long, like ex- what exactly was going to happen and what the focus of the story was going to be. You know, for all I knew, it was going to be 20 minutes into the episode before Buck gets out of the house because, who knows, they catch him and he's having to escape or whatever. Just had no idea what was coming, and I didn't know if there would be time for a twist like that, but there was, and I was pretty sure, I was pretty sure when I looked at the description of the episode, and it says, it refers to an international criminal a few times, but it never uses a gendered pronoun, so it never says his or her, it just says uh, international criminal, and then later it says that criminal's son, and that was my first, oh, they're not being very specific there, and so that's when I really started thinking, oh, this is going to be right now, as we started going through the episode, um, so we got uh, the dad's phone call, which did sound suspicious, and which in hindsight, it didn't have to be. It could have been about anything, but purposefully that was supposed to sound suspicious to us. And um, when you had 
Okay, a little bit later when Buck is um, Buck gets left alone with the tissue for a moment, which I didn't catch. I didn't realize he was going to use the tissue until they called it out by name. But that was good, um, good catch. Other people that I know did uh, catch that on their first listen. So um, and then he's left alone with that tissue for a second. Obviously, the audience is supposed to assume, okay, he's switching out the tissues. So from that point, I'm trying to think. I think when that happens. And then when shortly thereafter, Buck talks to Brayden and uh, they're talking about how his dad is doing this stuff with him now and how he's drawing closer to his dad. Actually, they even talk about it before Buck gives the tissue to Jason, but then after also. I thought, okay, well, maybe the focus of this episode really is going to be Buck deciding whether or not to turn in his friend's uh, parent and like the whole episode will be about that internal conflict about doing what's right, etc. And it did end up being about that, but they still put in that twist, which I kind of thought they weren't going to, just because it seemed like the focus of the episode was going in a certain direction. And that was all the more reinforced when Buck calls, and, and as it's supposed to. I got, I got taken in. I went into it thinking that the mom might be bad, and they convinced me throughout part two that no, it was actually going to be the dad. And so that's why I get the satisfaction of, hey, I thought maybe it's going to be the mom. But when we get to that scene where the FBI knocks on the door and they say, they go through their whole spiel and then they say, for the arrest of Gina McKellum, that whiplash still got me. And I was, oh, I was, and then she grabs the gun. Oh, such a great moment. I love, I love that part. It's the best part of the whole um, episode. Then we cut to Jason talking to Katrina, and that was, it was weird. For a second, I thought that was like all happening afterward. Just because of the way they were talking about it, I was like, well, maybe, like, we'll get the explanation of how they beat Gina or whatever. But then, no, you come to realize. And some of the explanations here, I appreciate, we talked about, I don't remember, as Buck would have it, we... I talked about that one, and I'm pretty sure I gave it pretty high marks. And I do, I enjoy those episodes a lot. But I remember kind of like that last, not the, the second to last scene where the newspaper editor is explaining everything. It all seemed very convenient and very kind of, and this had some feelings of that. It was a little bit convenient how things worked out, and oh, he did this because he knew this, and yeah, and you know what? It's not the best way I don't feel. I feel like, well, I feel like similar things have been done a better way. I don't want to say that this could have been done a better way because, again, it wasn't bad. But it, it was a little bit, it was noticeable that this is, oh, this is a bit of a stretch, but okay, we're going with it. So that was just one note I had. And then, no, we realized Buck is still in danger and we jumped to that. Gina is obviously acting very, she doesn't know what to do, all that. And she gets her family out, activates the security system. So that's an awesome moment. And then that that music cue right after that is what I really remember. I was like, oh, I was so excited when that music came in and they go up. They go up to the model room. And so I knew that was going to be significant in some way. But yeah, I didn't think of the epoxy angle of it until like right as it was about to happen. So which makes sense. It's uh, convenient that they went to that room and all, but whatever, it's okay, at least for me. It was set up well enough. And there were a lot of setups and payoffs that I really appreciated. Like this, I'm glad they gave it to us. Uh, the setting up the phone call 
which I did mention in our last talk, the February and Valentine's Day thing. That was one that I didn't catch, but nice. So anyway, they're in the the model room. Uh, Buck talks about the red dot on her forehead, which, okay, is a, a pretty. I think that's a pretty unique way to take down a villain. He is. This whole episode is about Buck being honest, and he's being dishonest here. So, like, I, I don't know if that was intentional or what, but, I mean, we get stuff like that usually happens in these kind of episodes or stories and you just gotta kind of take it for what it is that they're in a life-threatening situation and they decided the best move was to be deceptive would you have done the same thing in that situation yeah you don't really know was it justifiable again those are things you have to decide maybe some would say they it would be justified to stretch the truth a little bit others would say it's not but it's an interesting question opened up by this um series of events so anyway he gets her to the wall and she's stuck with epoxy it's interesting because my dad actually has an epoxy business and so that was kind of a nice nod unintentional but a nice nod i find it far-fetched that any epoxy can work that fast but i'm sure there is i'm sure there's some somewhere that's that fast acting but uh certainly not the stuff i am familiar with anyway so that was another nice touch that Probably didn't stay, stick out to many people, but it did to me. Just because of the uh, personal ramifications of it, such that they were. So yeah, and then we get, they got Gina. Buck ends up losing his friend because the friend figures out, which is, uh, that was the one part of the story that was a little bit, maybe a little cringy, but oh well. I wish they would have left Buck with some friends, and that's really the major criticism I heard of this episode. It wasn't anything about the story itself but the decision to leave Buck with no friends. But I think really all of that is to lead up to him coming back to Odyssey in album 77, which, um, interesting, he was gone in 75, or he left in 75, we see him gone in 76, and he'll be right back in 77. So, well, we'll just see how it goes. I'm sure it'll tie in with the Jewel stuff that's going on. That's another thing. I really like how these two intercut. And we get to see the parallel of, as they talk, both did the right thing, both Jules and Buck did the right thing and were honest, and they both did they both did the right thing and they both hurt people, but their motives is what was really the distinction. So Jules found out that the other band was breaking the rules, and so she told the truth about it, and someone got hurt. Bridget and the band got hurt. But Jules did it specifically so they would get hurt. Well, we see the same thing here with Buck, is that he uh, does some, or he finds out about something, and he does the right thing in telling the authorities, and people get hurt. But his purpose was not to hurt them. His purpose was he was doing the right thing to do the right thing. So that's a nice parallel there. I don't know what they're gonna do about. Buck and Jules. I hope it's going to be like a big story. Uh, uh, like a, I'm not talking about like big as in like long, but like uh, that'll move some characters around and like we'll get some kind of resolution or something. Because it seems like a lot of these characters have been going kind of in circles for a while. And I think, I'm hoping, this is going to resolve that. Oh, another note that I wanted to bring out was in my last episode, I mentioned. I didn't know why Jason was the one uh, that was doing all this with Buck and with Katrina, like briefing them when apparently it was sort of Jillian's job or her. She was the one who found out about it. And I thought, I would have thought it would have been even more interesting to see uh, Jillian interact 
with Buck and Katrina in this way just to sort of further develop her character as an agent. But I actually got feedback from a listener who pointed out they still don't know that Jillian is a spy. And so apparently they're still wanting to keep that or likely the reason that this didn't happen, that the reason why it was Jason in the first place to come to Buck and and, uh, Katrina was so that they still didn't know about Jillian being a spy. Which, and I totally understand, and I bet that is the reason, completely. I feel like they could have, you know, let more people in on the secret, but maybe that would have shifted the focus away from what the episode was actually about, or it could undercut something that they're planning later, who knows. But I did want to bring that out as an answer to uh, a question that I had about why a certain decision was made. Okay, and then also in the last episode, I talked about something that a storyline that they've left hanging that I for years now that I it looks like they may be passing up or maybe not. We'll see because Buck is coming back to Odyssey, at least temporarily, and there may be opportunity for him to come back. So the thing is all about as we've seen in uh, previous episodes, starting with the Green Ring conspiracy, and then really brought into focus in the ties that bind uh, the relationship between Buck and Desant and. Detective Polhouse. We get set up in the Green Room Conspiracy. Obviously, uh, Buck and Polhouse are on opposite sides of the law. They clash, whatever. And we also get Polhouse's worldview that people don't change. And then when Buck comes back in the ties that bind, okay, so people not changing wasn't focused in the Green Room Conspiracy on Buck. It was actually focused on Wally Hagler. But then when we come to the ties that bind and we have these two characters again, now this defining attribute of Detective Polhouse that he doesn't believe people really change is now focused on Buck. And we see that not only in the ties that bind, but really ever since. And there's never in time after time, it was uh, further pushed in 66, album 66, Trial by Fire and The Long End, uh, where Mr. Skint comes back and and Detective Polhouse is really hard on Buck there. And so we see that back and forth, that there is tension, and it's brought up several times. Obviously, the ties the bind and uh, the long end are the most prominent examples, but there are either even others in between where we still see that brought up. And then 60, album 67, we don't get anything. Album 68, we don't get anything. Album 69, we don't get anything. We get Buck, but no Detective Polhouse. But then in album 70... We get an episode called Auto Response, which is an okay episode. And I get what it's trying to do for what it's trying to do. But it does. Buck comes from a weird place that I still don't quite understand. And he and Detective Polhouse kind of make amends, but they still don't. Detective Polhouse ends up figuring out that Buck really was going to steal a car. And he ends up having sympathy and having mercy and letting him go. But there's still... There's not a resolution there, and I'm afraid this storyline is just not resolved between Buck and Detective Polhouse. But I'm afraid they'll point to that episode and say, oh, there's the resolution. Because it's not really a good one. I'm not saying it's not a good episode, but it's not a good resolution to that story. If you're going to look back and say, we, we built this up and built this up and dragged this out forever, and then that was the resolution, it's not satisfying at all. It's not a satisfying resolution. And so I think... As um, especially as Detective Polhouse becomes a main character, 
more of a main character, not like a Wit or Kanye or Eugene, but he's becoming like a Bernard kind of. And I think I mentioned that. I think I mentioned it in the auto response episode. But he's becoming sort of a Bernard character. And eventually, it doesn't seem like he's a Christian, but he's going to have to go through some kind of arc in the first place. We need an episode that's actually uh, centered around him as the main character. We got it in the toy and in auto response. But something that will actually change his character. Again, you could say auto-response did. If that's what we're really banking all this on and saying that's where the change happens, again, I'm sorry, that's not very satisfying. And so I really hope that's not the end of it. So yeah, it would be good to see Detective Pullhouse grow in this way. And it would also be good to see Buck and Detective Pullhouse when they were once enemies, and that's been... We just need to see that come to an end. That come to a head first, and then it come to an end, I think. And maybe there, there was a plan to eventually address that, but then sort of the unexpected happened, and the Melsoners had to leave in album 75, and there were only so many perspectives and interactions and relationships we could kind of resolve or deal with in that four-part adventure, and so Detective Pullhouse wasn't in there at all, and so we have no resolution between Buck and Detective Pullhouse. Now with him coming back, it does seem, I was afraid they'd miss the opportunity. But I think there is still, and who knows if anybody listens to this at all or if they'll think this opinion is worth anything at all. But I'm really hoping, because for now it seems like they've let that go. No, there needs to be a resolution to it, I feel. And so again, we could get that multi-part story where Detective Pullhouse is really the main character and we can see some growth from him we can see some growth. And another reason why I bring this up now is just because we're seeing Buck in the law enforcement role right now. And so it would be interesting to see him shift that too. Well, maybe one day he goes to the NSA or whatever. And I, there are people I know that really want that to happen, and it could. But I think an even better pull, a more realistic one, and one that would keep him centered in Odyssey, was if he joined the police department and started working alongside Detective Polhouse, presumably after they had whatever story or arc that would bring them together and that would change Detective Polhouse and make him, I don't want to say a better character because like the character is good and well-formed, but a more moral character. And again, he doesn't have to become a Christian or anything like that, but just to help him, this is something he's struggled with <clears throat> and espoused for a long time. I think we can move him out of it, and it can be done in a really effective way. And there are great, you know, like detective stories or whatever that you could bring out of that pair, uh, right? Because every Sherlock Holmes needs a Watson. Again, Detective Pullhouse isn't that kind of detective, but still, I think you could see that in a Detective Pullhouse Buck pairing. And if they're looking for something for Buck to do when he does presumably come back to Odyssey eventually, I think that would be the perfect. The perfect solution and it just makes sense but even if that's not the direction they go i absolutely think there has to be there has to be a resolution between buck and detective pullhouse that we see and a good one a satisfying one right auto response is a good episode but it's not it's not the culmination of who knows how many interactions we've seen between buck and detective pullhouse on the show it's not the culmination of that it just can't be so hopefully, I've mentioned before, I feel like Odyssey kind of has these things that they set up, maybe even unintentionally, because like it just becomes sort of 
something that they insert into certain episodes and they kind of forget about it. And then they just let it kind of fade away. I've mentioned that with the Jay Zoe thing, that when you end that, don't let it just fade away. You need to have a resolution to it. And so I'm hoping we'll see that with Buck and Detective Pullhouse. Okay, that's really all my thoughts on the episode in general and sort of its meta uh, narratives, what it means for the show as a whole. Will this tie in with the chairman at all? It could, but not necessarily. So we'll just have to wait and see how everything pans out. Okay, and then for album 76 as a whole, what did I think of it? It, it was okay. It was an okay album, right? And I think I'm allowed to say that. Album 75, I talked about how great it was. Album 76, <laughs> there we talked about the contrast. Album 75, much anticipated. It was like a milestone album being, you know, a multiple of 25. All that very much looked forward to. Every episode, I felt like, was really good. This one, we get the three-part Rydell, and even though I appreciate what it did, these are just not my favorite characters. And so, yeah, they're pretty good episodes. But I don't think I could ever say they're anything more than pretty good episodes. As you know, I did not like it all. Right notes, wrong key, so that immediately sinks the album for me a lot. And then this does, uh, this two-parter does a lot to bring it back up. And so, but I think it just brings it up to about, the album as a whole is just pretty good, right? So, first three parts, pretty good. And then fourth episode sinks it, and then five and six bring it back up to about where it was. So that's my feelings on it. Probably my least favorite of, and not to say I didn't enjoy it, but probably my least favorite since album 70, right? Album 70, uh, album 72 and 75 are my favorite. 73 is right below that. Uh, 70, 71, and 74, which 74 was kind of, there was some good stuff in that. I would definitely put 74 above this one, I think. 70, 71, 74, they're all in the same area, and maybe this is a little bit below that. But then again, this two-parter, uh, it tempts me to bring it all the way up, but I don't think I quite can. I think this is probably my least favorite in the post-album uh, 70 era, if you want to call it that. But you know what? Everyone can't be a knockout round. This Obviously, they're setting up stuff. Obviously, they're setting up a lot of stuff. So, And I think a lot of it is going to be good. So I'm appreciative of what we get here in this whole album. These two episodes were definitely the standouts, and I really enjoyed these. All right, that's all for now. If you have any thoughts or comments, feel free to email me at clintbroms at gmail.com. Please leave a five-star rating and review for the podcast. That really helps out. Uh, tell everyone you know about the podcast. Everyone you know, we want to see this thing grow. And until next time, I'm looking forward to the adventure. Wow.